Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday, so close to Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting that it's Thursday. So blessed to be here on a Thursday. Let's take a minute. To appreciate. The fact that it's not Monday. It's not Tuesday. Mm-mm. You thought maybe it was. No, it's not no, Wednesday. No. Oh, no. It's Thursday. And that's a great place to be in the week. Because it's a great place to be. It's not too far. You're not like Sunday. Like you're so far gone. Like there's so much hope on the mm-hmm. horizon. So everyone just close your eyes. Appreciate this moment. Like, we have so much excitement ahead of us. Soak it in. This is now Meditation Podcast. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know if that's relaxing. Yes. It's ASMR. I'm obsessed with ASMR. Are you? Is that good ASMR? How do you, you have to hear it in order to know if it's good, yeah? Yeah, like, I should be wearing headphones, but you guys tell me. Like, this is what my favorite girl, Josie, does. She goes, like, I can't, I, I can't even listen to you do that. I can't imagine that that is peaceful please and then then she like pretends you're at the spa welcome my name is Josie I use she her pronouns what's your name and then you have like a conversation with her got it okay I don't think I don't think ASMR is for me oh my god it's everything of the sort I'm speaking of everything of the sort welcome to the morning toast welcome today we have a great show for you today it's our last show in studio for the week we'll be podcast only tomorrow and because it was our last visual show we decided to come in with new merch ones got new merch what were you gonna say my story from last week where I was where I had a typo in my caption me merch no it was like I'm using this phone case until I get new merch one (laughs) and I felt like Miss Pat Moore from Downton Abbey um, Jackie and I are modeling. We got our new merch ones. Spring 2020. This is for our February 17th launch. That's only... This is spring 2020. You know what I mean? Like spring, no. summer, charade. Okay, this is winter Fall. 2021 because it's launching next week. It's February. Thank very you. much winter. These are very thick, cozy, delicious, delicious. sweaters. I'm wearing the How You Dern style. Will you pop off to the side because this is the yes. most sickening design. And... Comes with matching phone case. Yes. And it comes in a long sleeve version and it comes with a beanie too. Beanie. It is so fucking sickening. I'm so, so excited about that design. No, this is like the rodeo design of our dreams. Of like our you dreams. You can catch me at Stagecoach in this beanie and sweatshirt combo. A hundred percent. And show I am what you're wearing. Redhead's merch. We have some really exciting merch dropping. This is the maroon sweatshirt. Sickening. I mean, I love it because it like looks so professional and collegiate and smart. And it's always a good time to become a redhead, but I just feel like wearing this merch is the actual best time to become one. It's similar to like, you know, when people wear wear their Harvard sweatshirt. 100%. Like, like, I'm a part of a book club, Yeah, this says, I have a book club. We have merch. We have interests. We're interesting. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's a good look for you uh, 
for the redheads out there. I totally agree. Even like non-redheads, we won't care if you wear the merch and look smart and don't care to participate in our book club. But also <laughs> this sweatshirt is coming in a cream color, which is literally the sweatshirt I've been dreaming of since we launched the podcast. I was like, I need a cream logo sweatshirt. I have it. It's stunning. I will be wearing it all weekend. And then we're also launching mugs, phone cases, notebooks. So there's so much redhead merch. It's a great time to become a redhead. Like all these, like, and also we're, it's our one year anniversary this mm. week of doing redheads. So for those of us who have been on the ride since the beginning, like this is just a little treat for us. It's a little full circle moment for the passion projects. Uh, the passions are just overflowing because now I'm obviously passionate about redheads, but I'm so passionate about our merch now. Yeah. I mean, I've had this phone case for like two weeks and it has been killing me like not to take mirror pictures showing it off. I know. And I just got my redheads phone case and I've also been dreaming of this phone case because once again, it's just like sleek and cool and smart and interesting. So mark your calendars. February 17th. February 17th. All available at chatmorningtoast.com. Always. Oh. Not to be confused. Like, not not to be confused with Hermes.com. It's Shop Morning Toast. It's very similar. I know it's confusing because, like, the designs are so kind of similar. similar. So, yeah. so similar. Anyways, it's just, like, so exciting. Sickening merch. Sickening the warehouse down. I'm excited for the warehouse <laughs> to get the merch out so that it won't be so sick anymore. Yeah, maybe we got to get the warehouse the vaccine. <laughs> we might have to. We actually have, like, a sickening show for you guys today. I'm really excited for everyone to hear our interview with Jen Davis from The Real Housewives of Dallas. We actually spoke about her last week on the show when recapping The Real Housewives of Dallas about how it, it feels odd, her presence on the show, because she's invited to everything. It's almost like she's a castmate, but it, it felt like something had happened. And when we mentioned that on the show and some of the rumors that were being spread on blogs and Reddit, she reached out to us and she said she's a toaster. She loves the podcast and she'd love to just come on and say her piece, which I thought was so cool. And she did just that. We interviewed her yesterday. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be at the end of the podcast and podcasters just keep listening. She was so um, open and honest because there was a lot of shit that went down and she just comes right out and says it. And I, I had so much respect for her. So I hope everyone listens to it with like an open mind and an appreciation for the transparency. Because like now that she's not of like an actual housewife, like she doesn't owe us an explanation. Yeah. And I just thought it was so cool of her. And I, and I actually ended up like loving her. No, me too. I really liked her approach and her outlook towards this time in her life and what the show meant to her. I think some people might see it differently, but I think she just had such a positive, great outlook. Mm -hmm. And after speaking with her, I really hope that the stars align and that she is a full-time housewife next year because I I think she's so fabulous. Me too. I think there's... I loved there, her there. energy. There's more there. I loved her energy. Me too. And the fact that she's a toaster, like she's obviously a beautiful, stunning, and smart queen with amazing taste in podcasts, influencers, and comedians, and authors. 100%. Oh, man. Speaking of... All of those Words. Um, Clubhouse. Claudia and I joined Clubhouse yesterday. I got... I'm not... I wasn't entirely sure on what it was. I'd read some articles about it, but... A girl I used to work with who I haven't literally heard from in years, she was texting me. She's like, I have this invite. Do you want it? And I was like, okay. And I just signed up. And you and Margot signed up literally the same day. You you actually got the invitation. I got the I invitation got, like a week ago and I didn't do anything but with I it. I got the invitation yesterday morning and I signed up yesterday. And then I was like, guys, we should do this. And I was like thinking about, I had been thinking about it, but I didn't realize you need an invite. So like my invite came and then I joined. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to go seeking out an invite. No, like, that's desperate. Yeah, no, I hadn't gotten to that place yet, but I probably would have gotten there. But I was glad to have gotten an invite. And yesterday we spent the day sort of trying to figure out what's going on there. You started a, a room. chat. You started started a room last night there was like a lot of people on and what I liked about it and I feel like it has a similar kind of vibe to how I do my Instagram lives obviously Instagram live is audio and video and Clubhouse is an app 
where you basically start like a chat room just using audio and anyone can join and you can join people. You can bring people up on the stage to moderate the conversation with you. So at first it was just me, you and Margot talking about like what we thought Taylor Swift's announcement was going to be, which we're going to get into in the Fast Five. And then all these people started to join Vinny Guadagnino from the Jersey Shore and he really elevated the conversation because we're huge Jersey Shore fans. 100% and it's clear that he knows what he's doing on, on Clubhouse. Clubhouse. And he's been on the toast and, and we were saying this on the chat, like he was actually the first podcast I ever went on. Like back in the day, he had a podcast with Podcast One and I was like so nervous because I was such a big Jersey Shore fan. So he was great. And then my friend Marge, who's a DJ and she likes, um, she's like a fabulous DJ, like in the city, like back in normal times, like if there was a fabulous party, like Marge was the DJ, like Dolce & Gabbana, like everything. And now she streams her concerts on Twitch. And so of course she's on Clubhouse and she texted me like, cause she was like, saw that I was struggling and she was helping me and then she joined we brought her up on the stage and it was and she was just like being so funny and it was just like a great random group of people and we went on for like an hour just talking about Jersey Shore Taylor Swift Clubhouse and it was awesome like I actually really enjoyed it I enjoyed it I learned a lot about Clubhouse like I'm feeling better and I feel like for the toaster community like it could be a really great place I, for all of us audio like that's literally what we do no that is what we do so I think there are going to be ways that we can find to make it super fun and toasty yeah. I'm feeling like I, I kind of want to treat it just like my Instagram lives like you know some people say they're a hit and I think like the element of just like anyone can stumble in and that's what Marge was telling me she's like it's crazy especially at night like people start rooms about random conversations and then like Bethany Frankel drop in like celebrities are just dropping into people's rooms to like hear interesting conversations and yeah it's, it's like this everyone not a lot of nobody has like millions of followers yet so it's kind of like an even playing field yeah which is cool and it's nice that it's audio so you don't have to like worry about you know getting your look together to get on a a room so you're just jumping from room to room yeah and so that is like a benefit but then another thing that I, I felt last night was like I was literally laying in bed like a piece of shit like legs spread like a finger up my nose like but also my phone was laying on my chest and I was just talking and it was so comfortable and while that's great because you know I hate putting on makeup that also seems like a recipe for disaster because you feel like you're just talking with your sisters and friends and there are things you say publicly and there are things you say privately <laughs> and you know sometimes some of the things I say are a little mean but I would always say it to you yeah and so just having Clubhouse like make me feel so comfortable like actually scared me a little bit. But I think that's what makes the conversations actually interesting. Agreed. And because the audio like doesn't live on I think they want you to be comfortable. Yeah that's true like the you watch it live and then I think it disappears like there's no archive which thank god. Yeah. Because I'm the queen of you know just. So my handle is at Jackie Oshway <laughs> and you can follow me for some really lively discussions. Do you know what my handle is? girl with no job it is but when I first signed up someone took girl with no job so I did girl with no job buh -buh. and I went to go see you find found it and it was a guy named Rotem Tamir and I'm like okay Israeli like I can relate maybe this person follows me so I DM at Rotem Tamir on Instagram and I'm like and I saw he's responded to my stories like come to Israel or I love LA like just responding to stuff so I'm like are you the Rotem Tamir who stole my username and he was like yes I finally got your attention <laughs> and I was like he was like he gave it back to me like no problem he was so nice and shout out Rotem Tamir for not making me like pay you five thousand dollars wow that is so crazy I didn't know you had that experience yesterday oh. and that it was like so successful well you don't watch my stories like I chronicled the whole thing oh did you sometimes wow sometimes I don't watch the sound I'm not gonna lie especially when it's like you're talking to the camera 
And oh, so like just my pride and joy. That's <laughs> no, crazy. Really. I literally watch everything. I mean, I guess like you put out like 10% of the stories that I put out, but and still. And I make my story so that you don't have to listen to sound. And I respond because to. Because that's how I listen. All of your stories. I'm like, LOL. Like, I respond to all of yours too. Oh Stop. my God, I can't believe you don't watch my face talking ones. Those are my favorite ones. No, some of them I do, but also like sometimes you're recapping a show and it's like either we recap it on the toast or I don't watch the show. So I just tap, tap, tap. That's. Tap it Wow, tap, tap. tap. Tap three fucking taps. Wow. No, she puts on her Redheads I'm merch kidding. and she finally but says the truth. You know what? I'm like, now that I'm thinking about why I don't watch certain things, I'm realizing that if you're talking to the camera, I like when there's a little bit of text underneath, just like letting I me know. know what you're talking about. I think that would be like really great. I know. I'm just like so lazy. Yeah. I, and there really should like be a feature. Like if you had captioned like, oh my God, username drama at my, for, with my clubhouse, like I would have been like, what? Yeah, no, you're right about that. People are re- getting really good at that. I also do wish there was some sort of closed captioning feature. I think there is. Oh. I think there is. I've seen on other people. There should be. Me too. Like their text just like coming across the screen of what they're saying. I will do better on, you know, categorizing and. Teasing. Teasing. Yeah. You're right. I, I just throw shit at the wall and I'm like, Hopefully someone thinks that's funny. Yeah, like if you just gave like a couple words about what this story's about, like I think it would be even more engaging. That's a decent idea. Great. Yeah. Love to see it. I'll work on it. That and my clubhouse persona. Yes, very, very exciting. I definitely felt like a radio host, like, you know, Khloe Kardashian when she moved to Miami and she was on that show. What up, Miami? I definitely felt like a grandma trying to use the microwave. Like, getting onto a new platform is just, it's crazy out there. Yeah, like, when I got on TikTok, I felt old because, like, all the kids who were making, like, sickening edited videos were so young. With Clubhouse, everyone... I feel dumb. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Everyone, everyone who is I a know, genius. Everyone who I know on it is, like, a, a top leader in their field. Yes. So, I'm like... Oh, I'm dumb. I can't figure this out. Yeah, no, like everyone is Elon Musk. Everyone has Bitcoin. It's a big Bitcoin community. I know. And so I do feel like, you know. That's where we need to be. I feel like the intern. Yeah, no, I definitely feel like the new kid. Uh huh. In school, which but, is the worst. Yeah, it has like a LinkedIn-y feel. And just given our work, like we're not big LinkedIn people. I actually deleted my LinkedIn a few years ago. And so it's it's. It's a new vibe for us, but I'm I'm here for it to be like in the professional community. Yeah, so follow us, Jackie Ashray and Girl with No Job. But no, <laughs> I got the one B, Girl with No Job. But sweet. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we dive in? No, not much. Just you know, Bruce has just been such a sweet, sweet love, and he's really been taking up my days. So if I'm gonna recap my day yesterday, it's just Bruce. It's Bruce. Bruce lunch. Bruce, 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 Bruce. Dinner. Dinner, yeah. Bruce Clubhouse. <laughs> yes. Bruce, Bruce. Bruce and Knowles. Yes, uh, you saw Magnolia last night, but I'll one-up you. I saw Michaela. I know. There was a battle of the sister dinner. If you were on our Clubhouse room, you knew that that's what was going down. Snitch came over for dinner. I cooked a romantic dinner for two, while Knowles and Bruce got it on. This, like, Bruno was literally, like... Oh, like just is Bruno's jump. not neutered yet, no, right? No, he's getting like now's the time. I'm gonna schedule his appointment. It's so soon. sad. I know. I'm sad for him, but I'm also like glad he won't be like constantly horny because I just feel like he can't focus on anything else because he's always so horny. Well, he will still be like a little horny, but not nearly as much. Yeah. But I remember when Theo got neutered. I'm like, oh, the problem solved, and he's still like humped a little bit, especially right after the surgery. Mm-hmm. But uh, it eventually fizzles out. Now Theo only humps when he's like really riled the fuck up. Yeah, like when he sees. You. you. 
Um, for sure. And also, I just feel like Bruno's productivity levels will be higher once he's like less. He can focus on, you know, his passions. Yeah, he can't focus on anything right now. So Um, that's what's new. That's the latest with Bruce on the loose. Bruce, Bruce on, on the loose. Hey, Bruce on the loose. Bum. We hope everyone enjoyed our Subway the Musical episode yesterday. Oh my I, god, I rewatched it a number of times. It was I. so fucking stellar. And um, I got a bunch of suggestions, and one that I was remiss, devastated, and heartbroken not to have included is like when you take the train in from Jersey. Welcome, welcome to New York. Um, um, it's been waiting for you. Welcome well, speaking to of Taylor New Swift. York. Speaking of Taylor Swift, let's get into the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Because these are stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And honestly, I wouldn't be RDH. I would be PMS if I didn't tell oh. everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Flex. And in, they are innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving. The Flex Disc is a one-time menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. One Flex Disc can be worn for up to 12 hours and holds as much flow as three super tampons. It's not a cup. It's unlike any other period product you've seen before. And it's the only product you can wear for mess-free period sex. Flex discs reduce waste by 60% compared to pads and tampons. So the planet will thank you too. And if you want to go zero waste, check out the Flex Cup, a reusable cup made with a velvety soft material for a comfortable fit. If you've thought about trying a menstrual cup, this is the one. Flex offers the only menstrual cup on the market with a pull tab so you remove it the way you'd remove a tampon. It's so easy, you already know how to use it. And your Flex Cup is 100% reusable and lasts for years. Plus, it's completely body safe and non-toxic. Flex products are worth the learning curve, and Flex has videos, diagrams, FAQs, and even live chat Flexperts on their website to help you along the way. Flexperts. So say goodbye to leaks, mess, and stress, and say hello to healthier periods for people and the planet with Flex. Go to flexfits.com slash toast and use the code toast for 20% off the Flex Disc Starter Kits or 10% off your first Flex Cup. Plus free U.S. shipping. That's code toast at flex, F-L-E-X, fits, F-I-T-S, dot com slash toast. That's code toast at flexfits.com slash toast. Love it. Okay, first story. Taylor Swift announces imminent drop of Love Story re-recording and an upcoming Fearless album. Just in time for Valentine's Day, Taylor Swift is giving her fans the love story they've all been waiting for. On Thursday morning, the superstar delighted her Swifties by announcing that the re-recording of her career-changing song Love Story would drop at midnight. And if that weren't enough, Swift also revealed she's been hard at work re-recording Fearless, which will feature the new name of Fearless, Taylor's version. The new album will also feature 26 songs with a total of six new songs from the vault that she wrote between the ages of 16 and 18 that she intended to be on the fearless album but for one reason or another did not make the cut you know industry rules but now we're breaking down industry walls and she can put as many songs as she wants on the album okay so this is like so exciting for so many reasons obviously like I knew the love story renewed version was coming out because it was on the match.com commercial and we've known about it for a while and Whatever, like, yeah, I was excited about it, but, like, not going to, you know, shit my pants over it. Really, I'm not. Well, who knows? But but I will shit my pants over 26 re-recorded and six new songs from Fearless, which is one of my favorite albums, like, Forever and Always, You Belong With Me, Fearless, um, Hey Steven, like, 
White Horse, so many iconic songs. And I love that there's six new songs that are from that time in her life because for me, like, her songwriting has always been really strong. But, like, to me, that was when it was, like, so innocent and delicious and hadn't blossomed yet. And I can't wait to hear six more songs from the mind of the 16-year-old Taylor Swift. I completely agree. When I saw that it was Fearless that was going to be the first album she was re-recording, like, I got so excited. Fearless is such a pivotal... Masterpiece. Like, but an album in my life that like it's just one of my favorite albums of all time mm-hmm. like you belong with me is literally the reason why we are called the steens like yeah it is one of my favorite songs of all time so that she's re-recording those songs so we get to listen to them all over again is so exciting but that we are also getting six songs that are of the same elk which are my favorite no, songs. No, it's like, crazy. I did not think I would be this excited about the re-releasing. Right. Because I don't know what I expected, but I kind of thought... Greatest she Hits? Would start, yeah, maybe start with Greatest Hits or maybe start with like Red or something. I just, I haven't thought it that much yeah. through. And just the fact that we're... Or maybe if she was starting from the beginning to start with Taylor Swift. And That's it's like, what I assumed she was going to do. And while I love and respect the debut album, it is not... My, one of my tops yeah and I would have listened to the re-recorded album and like stand it till the day I die but fearless you're right is like a special piece of music in the grand scheme of the world of music but also like in our personal lives like, I agree. it's such a transformative album like I just I have so many associations like being at camp being in high school listening to these songs and they really like shaped us as people so I'm so thrilled she decided to go with fearless it's also the first time she won a Grammy for album of the year and I think really catapulted her yeah. to another like pop star level of fandom at no pop star level of fame mm-hmm. and it's just so exciting i'm like pissed that we have to wait until april fucking 9th so that was the easter egg she capitalized a few letters very lemony snicket of her if you guys have read the series of unfortunate events it's clear that taylor has too because yes. that is such a violet beauregard move she capitalized all the letters that sent us a message violet beauregard is from chocolate factory violet right violet beauregard is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Fires are crossing. Are you... Yeah, but no, that sounds right. Violet, you're turning violet. Lemony, Snicket... Violet. Violet, yeah, that works. Probably just a different last name. Baudelaire. Very similar. That's confusing. That is confusing. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's a Violet Baudelaire move. Wow, I didn't even realize how similar those names were. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, um, what the fuck is Lemony Snicket? Series of Unfortunate Events. The books? You know, it sounds familiar. I never read it. Okay, but then, fine. Say you didn't read it, even though the books were fantastic. The show on Netflix with Jim Carrey as Count Olaf. Don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. I I mean, I never really watched the show because I had kind of outgrown it by then, but the books were so good. Not that you would ever read them now. Like, if you were ever going to read them was when we were kids. You guys, Lemony Snicket, Chef's Kiss. I was more of a Harriet the Spy kind of gal. Yeah, but these were like, it was a series of unfortunate events. It was these three off orphans, the Baudelaire's. Their parents passed away. They have to go live with their mean cousin, but they have a big fortune. And Count Olaf, who is played by Jim Carrey in the movies, he keeps popping up in all these different lives, like ways of their, in their life, like, but in disguises. Mm -hmm. But they always know it's him because he has an eye tattoo on his ankle. And every time they see it, they're like spooky. But the Baudelaire children are geniuses and they find a way out of everything. Violet sends messages a la Taylor Swift. Got it. Okay, right. That's what we were talking about. Thank you for bringing it back home. And she let us know that it's probably dropping April 9th. Very exciting. I'm so happy for Taylor. The album cover is sickening. It's an homage to her curly-haired, fearless cover hair in the wind but it's more mature her hair isn't as curly anymore but it's still like it's very similar but it's like it's like the new taylor swift vibe inspired by the old taylor swift yeah it's like a collab between the two taylors yeah it's like 16 year old taylor met 30 year old taylor and they made this cover together 
Yeah, but it also just looks like a picture taken on an iPhone with the sepia filter on it, which I respect as well. It's just a great day to be a Taylor Swift fan. We got so much more than we were expecting. Like, I was really expecting just Love Story. And, like, that's, like, a decent announcement, but it's not huge. I wasn't expecting just that because that's not, like, GMA-worthy. Yeah. But this also kind of looks like the Lover cover. Yeah, well, her hair is just the same. No, and her face is to the side. You ma, 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 ma. She's just been giving us so much. Like, this will now be her third album in a year. Because Folklore was released in yes. 20... Like, that's just crazy. That is crazy. And we're just used to getting so little from her and just, like, appreciating every crumb. And now I'm, like, genuinely feeling overwhelmed. But I'm also glad... I mean, April 9th seems a little far away. I wish it was dropping in, like, two or three weeks. Because I'm glad that we have this lead-up to get excited. But it's a little too much time. I agree. It's just a little too much. But that's what it used to be. Like, we like before BC, before COVID, we used to find out about albums, like, a year in advance. Mm-hmm. And, like, we would have to wait so long. So, like, in the grand Especially scheme... Especially in the Taylor world. This yeah. goes back to, like, old Taylor So, moves. in the grand scheme of things, like, okay, what, it's February, May is... Uh, April is... It's two months, like, right? March, April. Yeah, two months. It's, like, not that crazy, but in COVID times, it's in a... Eternity. It's an eternity, but maybe we could spend that time listening to the old versions because then I'm never listening to them ever again. That's like once true. the new ones come. But I see, like I, as true Swifties, like haven't really streamed that music. Yeah, but actually, I own the Fearless album on iTunes. I actually, own all the albums on iTunes. So I guess if I play them on my, they already made the money. So right, it's over. That's fine. Okay, and I bought it when Taylor, Taylor was would, still a part of I it. I think Taylor would understand. Okay, so just don't stream it. I'll send you guys illegally if anybody wants it. No, she won't. No, that's a joke. President Biden. <laughs> and Madam Vice President. I was kidding. <laughs> Piracy is a very serious issue. And FBI, it's a $250,000 fine. I used to remember that thing they put up before in the movies. So I'm 100% kidding. She's a comedian. I am comic and I was kidding. Great. Love to see it. Thank you so much for your service. God bless America. <laughs> um, so very exciting news for the Swifties, you know? It's v- been a great year for Swifties. V-E-N-F-T-S. Yes. Then fitches. Next up, Morgan Wallen breaks his silence after yes. using a racial slur, tells fans not to defend him, quote, I was wrong. Morgan Wallen is taking ownership of his actions after he was captured on video. What um, website is this? This is People Magazine. Okay. After he was captured on video using the N-word, on Wednesday, the country music star released a five-minute Instagram video addressing his use of the racial slur, urging fans not to defend him as he wants to, quote, take ownership for the offense. He said, I'm long overdue to make a statement regarding my last incident. I wanted to collect my thoughts, seek some real guidance, and come to you with a complete thought before I did. According to Wallen, the video that surfaced was, taking du- was taken during a bender, which he said was something was not something I'm proud of either. 72-hour bender. It- he said said it was the 72nd hour of a 72 hour bender so I want to dive into this because I was really waiting to hear from him and I think that the apology was decent in some ways and atrocious in some other ways one we'll start with the negatives because I'm a negative person um (laughs) it was so clearly scripted and I think that very little attempt was made to make it seem like it wasn't scripted like it's been a week like and, and whether or not he wrote it or someone else, like whenever you sound scripted, people doubt you. So even if these were his words and he just wanted to read it from a paper so he didn't forget anything, like that I understand. But it just sounded very scripted. He had like, he couldn't even take a breath between the sentences. Like it was just, that was disappointing. Well, if it's going to be scripted, would you rather someone pretend like it's not and sort of lie or just 
have it be scripted so you know that they were reading what they wanted to say. I would much prefer someone say, like, I wrote down my thoughts. Okay. That's what Hannah Brown did when she went on that Instagram Live. She said, I, I wrote down my thoughts and I don't want to forget them. And I think that's very honest and I'm like, yeah. I can respect that. But to make it seem like you're thinking of it on off the cuff, like, that's just annoying. And it was so clearly scripted. And I'm not saying that means he didn't write it. Yeah. I thought the apology you know, just in its words, were actually pretty good because mm-hmm. the, he said a few key things that I think were really important. Like one to his supporters, like please stop defending me because what I did was indefensible. And I think that's like a really um, important thing to say. The other thing was like um, talking about how his first apology was trash. Yeah. And how he, he said that he had written more and some of the publications like only chose a few lines. But regardless, like it wasn't nearly appropriate enough. Um, and the third thing that he said that I thought was important was um, the sobriety of it all. So he says he's nine days sober now. Yeah. Which um, obviously is not an excuse. And I do think he has a very long journey of healing and self-discovery in front of him. And this is a step. Like I always want to assume that people are capable of changing because I know that they are. But again, this is not my apology to either accept or not accept. And I will leave it at that. I think it, it was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't great. I thought, I, like, I agree with you. I think that his words, he said a lot of things that really struck a chord. And I think also, this is a theme that we were seeing even randomly in Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's like, you can apologize for something, but forgiveness is given when the actions change afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I think that him sitting down, and I believe that he wrote what he wanted to say and then read it because you don't want to get it wrong and you don't want to forget something. But I think this is a really good first step for him. And as he said, he's going on a journey, like he's going to go off the grid for a little bit. And who knows if he's going to get like fully sober. He's also said that he would be meeting with groups to educate himself. The NAACP recently offered to meet with him. And he said that he accepted some invitations from some amazing black organizations. And you know what? I thought that was a great thing that he said too, was like, he was really like, the, the you know, everything was happening all around him and leaders from black organizations and black communities were reaching out to him to educate him and kind of like, you know, help him. And he's like, even when I like so grossly offended them, like they could have stepped on my neck and like, you know, they reached out to help me, which was like, he says meant a lot to him. So overall, I agree. Like the words of the apology were actually pretty good. I think the delivery was kind of weak. And I'm just looking at it from like a strategic standpoint, because like I have made an apology video myself. Like I'm, I just think it was, um, the delivery was meh. But again, it's like not my apology to accept. It's not our apologies to accept. So I just am curious to see like what he does with his life. Yeah. And what the next steps are as yeah. this being a first step. I just think like as like, like, like I said, like I'm not black. It's not on me to accept his apology. But as a fan, I'm just like tired of like his like drama, you know? Yeah. But I think he's it's it's like seems, behave. It seems like he's tired of it too. And yeah. I think that he wants to make real change in his life on a number of levels. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go and do that. Yeah. Well, I'm always going to champion someone who wants to better themselves. Right. And I'm not going to, you know, kick them while they're down. So hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see a new Morgan. Mm-hmm. And MW, new Morgan Wallen. Okay, you ready for our next story? Yeah. The Bachelor's Chris Harrison is apologizing oh. for, quote, speaking in a manner that perpetuates racism. This was fucking weird. Yeah. 
Earlier this week, the longtime host addressed the controversy surrounding current contestant Rachel Kirkconnell while speaking with Bachelor Nation's Rachel Lindsay. Although Harrison told Lindsay he wanted fans to, quote, have a little grace with Kirkconnell in the wake of her resurfaced and racially insensitive photos, his comments didn't sit well with some fans, even resulting in a petition calling for him to be removed from the franchise. Now he, in a statement, Harrison admitted to, quote, wrongly speaking in a manage manner that perpetuates racism, and he apologized to fans. He said to my Bachelor Nation, Bachelor Nation family, I will always own a mistake when I make one, so I am here to extend a sincere apology. I have this incredible platform to speak about love, and yesterday I took a stance on topics which I should have, have been better informed. While I do not speak for Rachel Kirkconnell, my intentions were simply to ask for grace in offering her an opportunity to speak on her own behalf. Yeah, this was really bizarre, and after the I watched the interview, I was left feeling, you know, 100% convinced that Rachel Kirkconnell is the winner of this season, because I've never seen somebody, like, so blindly defend someone, yeah, like Chris Harrison did Rachel Kirkconnell. Especially Chris Harrison, he typically never gets doesn't involved. get involved in anything. So I'm convinced that she's the winner. Yeah, which is a bummer that it's sort of spoiled. And it's weird, because all this stuff has come out about her, and... She's dating, possibly engaged to a black man. And I think that Rachel Lindsay steered the conversation with Chris, Chris Harrison very well. And I know Rachel Lindsay is very passionate about things like this. And I think that Chris Harrison, among his many mistakes in that conversation, was just being so like flippant about the whole thing. Yes. And like really kind of talking down to Rachel when of the two of them, Rachel is the expert on racism, like not you, Chris Harrison. So I, I felt like he just came into the conversation like so weirdly strong and he was just like dying on this hill where he was kind of wrong pretty much wrong and I just found it so bizarre and I'm like thinking to myself why is I thought it was weird that he was defending a contestant so hard which is not something he ever does and b especially when you know her what she's being held accountable for like she needs to be held accountable for yeah and I think Rachel's point which was really well said is like Okay, but like, when are we going to hear from her? Yeah, and I think now after all of this too, like it is time to hear from her. I've always been under the impression yes. that can't, contestants can't speak on anything. They can't go on podcasts. They can't do anything until after they're eliminated from the show. But Rachel Lindsay said that she is under like no contractual obligation, obligation to not speak about this. Yeah. So now that it's become an even bigger conversation and, and I feel like it started out um, like on the internet and Reddit. You, know, you have to be really into like bachelor news to have heard about it but now it's very much in mainstream. the mainstream chris harrison is like speaking about it apologizing about it Just i think like, it's time to hear from rachel i agree and that's pretty much like the point rachel was trying to make aside from like chris harrison making going on so many bizarre tangents like about like confederate statues like i literally didn't know what he was talking <laughs> about he was going and he was just being so weird um rachel's whole point was like of course like we let's give people a chance to explain themselves explain yourself Rachel like she's just been MIA yeah so I think Rachel handled the whole conversation really well especially given the fact that like Chris Harrison was like kind of condescending the whole time and he was like I don't know Rachel do we need to talk about racism like shit like it's like Chris Harrison has not been alive this last you know one or two years where like the con we're, we're changing how we talk about race and racism in America and it was like I felt like I was watching an interview like from 2008 like it was so bizarre yeah. And I just was left 100% convinced that Rachel Kirkconnell is the winner. So I think we can pretty much call it.
Yeah, they wouldn't I, defend I, anyone and protect them so hard if they weren't a winner. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll be hearing for, from her soon, but I guess the initial plan was to wait until After the final the show ended because that's what's been done in the past. Garrett. When a winner had controversy or someone who was a runner-up, like mm-hmm. we heard from them when the season ended, but I just feel like with social media, everything, the, the pace of everything is just faster. faster. And right. I think we should be hearing from her soon. I agree. And just kudos to Rachel Lindsay for steering that conversation because it was it was painful at times. And it was long, too. It was 14 minutes. Yeah, it was long. Longer than normal extra TV segments. I had the same thought. Me, too. I got I got multiple ads served to me in the YouTube video. Yeah, and I was like, is this whole conversation about Rachel Kirkconnell? And all 14 minutes were about it. Yeah. So bizarre and I do think that probably because Rachel Lindsay is uh still doing the bachelor ret podcast happy hour she's still under a, a some form of bachelor contract with ABC mm-hmm. so I'm sure she couldn't you know really say what she wanted to say to Chris Harrison yeah agreed okay next story is really exciting for toasters and people everywhere Rebecca Black drops up Friday <laughs> for toasters and human beings everywhere <laughs> yes I guess they are one in the same yes Rebecca Black drops a Friday remix with a wild new music video. Um, this was just something that like nobody asked for, but that we all needed Desperately. and we did not even know. Desperately. Internet sensation Rebecca Black is celebrating the 11th anniversary of her song Friday in psychedelic, psychedelic wow, style. Wow, old. 11. I know, and it's like, should it have been for the 10th? Uh, yeah, or like wait four more years, the 15th. Yeah, but it couldn't have come at a better time because we're just like, we literally sing the song like multiple times a week. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be singing this new techno version. No, it's super techno. It's it's not my vibe. No, but I'm just like glad for the renewed excitement for the song. Yeah, no, of course. And, and I love Bla- that she's leaning into it. Yes. And she is like a bona fide influencer these days. Yeah. And so I love when, you know, people go back to maybe the Their roots. embarrassing thing that yeah. made them famous. No, because she's kind of evolved past it, especially on TikTok. She's like a queer TikTok icon. Like she's really big on TikTok. She has like a successful influencing um, career. So mm-hmm. she doesn't have to like go back to the same, which she actually has talked about like Although it was, like, funny and, and fun for us, like, she actually, like, had to do a lot of therapy because of it. You would imagine, It's like, traumatizing. Yeah. So it's this thing that, like, we look back on it fondly. I don't think that she does. Well, maybe now she does. Maybe she's gotten to a place now. But, like, she was 13 years old when this video came out. And it was, like, part of, like, it was, like, you know, an after-school activity to, like, go write a song and make a music video. And it went completely viral and, like, not in the most positive way. I can imagine that is extremely traumatizing. Right. So I, I think it's very cool. And I'm, pro- I'm sure it was probably, like, part of her therapy to redo this. this must be liberating but the song sucks like the new version it's like don't would you repaint the Mona Lisa <laughs> like why would you do that no you you wouldn't like you right. don't fuck with the masterpiece but I'm sure they just had fun with it big Frida's on the song and I think Rebecca Black was really excited to get um p- other people involved like she was excited to see that people yeah. would want to be involved with it's it. just not my particular genre of music so I also think she should have gotten you involved but that's just me no I think she should have used this set Hundred percent. Yeah. So check it out if you're looking for. Some I watched great, the video. It was cute. It was cute. If you're looking for some great new jams. Yeah. If oh, you, and it's also on our Instagram. You posted. Yeah. If you are epileptic, I would not recommend watching the video. It was very stroby. Ooh. It actually had a strobe warning on the opening card, the title oh. card. Well, that's j- nice at least. Yeah. Fifth and final story: some ad drama. Some ad. Ad. 
ad drama? Ad drama. The Ad Council is quaking. Oh my God. Or like the Parents TV Association. Like they're quaking. What's the news? No, it's actually some drama. Bruce Springsteen's Super Bowl ad. Oh my God. Has been scrapped from Jeep's YouTube page amid a DWI bust. For, oh shit. Yep. Bruce Springsteen's Super Bowl LV Jeep commercial, which we talked about and a lot of people did, um, was yanked from YouTube on Wednesday after the Legends DWI bust came to light. The Wait. Is it a new, he just happened? November 14th, he got a DWI and like the, um. How did the media like not find out? I don't know. It was at a national park. It's like, so. Oh my God. Yeah. A national park? Yeah. If you do something bad in a national park, like you could literally be like sentenced to life in prison. Like crazy shit happens on national parks. Yeah, because they're national. It's just and like a federal. Parks. It's a federal. It's federal event. property. Yay, maybe that just sounds like what it might be. No, but it's definitely federal property. The clip is now unavailable. It says this video is private. The Hollywood Reporter first reported that the ad had been taken off of Jeep's page at around one p.m. The commercial wasn't on Jeep's Twitter on Wednesday. Um, it was revealed that. Bruce was arrested at November. Bruce. Um, oh my Bruce. God, I was just thinking that. Like Bruce. to me, he's not Bruce. He's Bruce Springsteen. But then when you realize that he has the same name as your dog. I know. And I feel like people might think when I call him Bruce on Instagram that I named him after Bruce. Springsteen or yeah. Bruce Offer. Oh, I mean all of the above. Yeah. Um, okay, here's. It was here's revealed that Bruce Springsteen, not Fitchemin. Wine rep. Snitzbretso sweets. <laughs> was arrested November 14th at a national park in his home state of New Jersey and charged with the DWI, reckless driving and consuming alcohol in a closed area. Eek. A spokesperson for the National Park Service said Springsteen was cooperative, cooperative throughout the process. According to TMZ, which first reported the arrest, the allegedly juiced Bruce has a Bruce on the juice. Ba-dum, bum. Bruce on the juice has a court date coming in the next few weeks and has no known prior busts for DWI. A Jeep spokesperson said it would be inappropriate to comment on the matter that the brand can't substantiate, but they said, quote, it's also right that we pause our big game commercial until the actual facts can be established. Its message of community and unity is as relevant as ever, as is the message that drinking and driving can right. never be condoned. Fuck community and unity. You're a car brand and your spokesperson just got arrested for drunk driving. Like, that is quite possibly the worst thing yeah. Bruce Springsteen could have done during his time as, as the Jeep, Jeep spokesperson. spokesperson. He would have been better off killing someone because it's not, to, oh, maybe if it was a hit and run, that would be bad. But like, you know what I mean? Like the direct association between the Jeep. Uh, of course. And the drunk driving is so bad. Of course. So good on them for taking it down. I didn't even know. Like, I think it's so crazy that this that kind of went under the radar. rock star in the world can get a DWI and we don't hear about it. Right. No, that's that's power. Yeah. That's true power. And do you, I feel like Bruce, can you imagine like being the cop who had to arrest Bruce Springsteen? He's probably like, Bruce, I'm sorry. I love your work, you know? Yeah, it would have been good if it was me because I didn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like don't know any of his songs. I know like two. Yeah. Baby, I was born to run. I don't think that's how it goes. I think it's we were born to run. I just made it selfish. And I know that one that Zach Shapiro loves. Rosalita, and then I think that's it. Yeah, I'm sure there's more. Oh yeah, that one where he's like Bruce on the loose, bum bum, Bruce on the loose. Seriously, not cool to drink and drive. Don't fucking do it. Whether you're Bruce Springsteen or just a fabulous toaster, there's nothing fabulous about drinking and driving. Hundred percent. And honestly, I'm judging Bruce Springsteen. You know, I actually really, really like. Um, I like to act. Dead serious. Like, I really like to pride myself on being someone who's not judgmental, like, at all. Like, you can tell me things about your lifestyle, and I really feel like I'm so 
open. I, I do not judge people. And I always think like if I were ever a housewife, that would probably be like my greatest feature. Like I really <laughs> think that. But I judge people so hard. You do. You take it really seriously. I have not fucked with Sam Hunt since he did that and like barely gave us an apology. Like I don't support like and I'm, I'm not into cancel culture. It's just personally like I think it's so disgusting. Like, to drink and drive. To drink and drive. And like I, I think of you so differently. But other than that, like I'm really not judgmental. Okay. I'm really not. Okay. So, um, but you're, what you're saying is you're judging Bruce. I'm hardcore judging Bruce. Like, you're the richest person in the world. Like, get a driver. 100%. And, like, drivers are so <laughs> elegant and chic. And then you could, like, drink in the back. Like, it's ideal. Drink in the back like a rock star. Yeah, like, get a limousine. It's just, it's so stupid. Yeah. Same with Sam Hunt. Like, all the resources in the world. Take an Uber black. Well, no. In the age of Uber... There's no excuse. No excuse for Not that anyone. there ever was, but still, you're right. Uber, Lyft, anywhere you go. I went on tour to 60 cities. Every single one of them had Lyft or some sort of ride share. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse, 100%. Okay. You know, like, TV- you know like what would happen to me? <laughs> no. Do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know, but I don't want you to even say. No, like, let's say like 10 years from now, like I'm going through something dark and like I get arrested for DWI and like this clip goes viral. <laughs> 100 percent but no i wouldn't i would never bear, mostly because like i can barely drive sober like let alone yeah. drunk yeah that's why i just don't drive at all yeah no for sure um don't fucking do it time for tv recap yes real housewives of salt lake city part one reunion recap is brought to you by ancestry there are many paths to finding your family story whichever way you choose tracing your family generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with an ancestry dna it's easy to get started with ancestry an an ancestry dna test tells you where your your ancestors are from and ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover their personal stories you could find a famous relative wow that'd be sick or perhaps a photo of your great grandma as a little girl whatever you find it's sure to change the whole way you look at your family history and yourself after all the story of your family is the story of you research researching your history is a fun activity for the whole family and the stories you learn about your shared past can bring you closer together ancestry dna can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life ancestry dna doesn't tell you which countries you're from but it can also point pinpoint the specific regions within those countries giving you insightful geographic details about your history trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world no other dna test delivers such a unique interactive experience it's easy to start making discoveries with ancestry get grab an ancestry dna kit and start a free trial to amplify your discoveries with ancestry's billions of records start exploring your family story today head to our link ancestry.com slash toast to get your ancestry dna kit and start your free trial that's ancestry.com slash toast love it okay part one of the real houses of salt lake city reunion it was very exciting like something about seeing all the women like together being civil like was kind of weird because i don't think since the lunch mary's red carpet met gala have we had every single woman together yeah, because Mary did not participate in anything. But then she showed up and showed out for the reunion. She was very lucid. And I think that's probably been one of her biggest cri- people have critiqued her the most for like, she's kind of all over the place in her storytelling and in her conversations. But I thought she was very clear headed. I thought she was great. I loved seeing her, but it did feel weird. It's like seeing a dog walk on his hind legs. I'm like, I'm not used to seeing Mary sit down and talk to every single person. Yeah. 
I agree, but she did a she did a great job for herself, and I actually feel like she could be a housewife again next season. Yeah. Um, but they'll just have to do a like they need to solve this thing between Jen and Mary because I think they'll both be back next season, and they need to be able to film, film together. Yeah, but you know what? I felt like, and I know it was only part one, but I wasn't even that interested in the Mary versus Jen. I'm really shook at like Lisa and Jen versus the world. This Lisa and Jen alliance is so bizarre because I really cannot pinpoint any moment this season of them being friends. They've always been friendly, yeah. but yeah, no, they clearly are very much having. Each other's backs I feel like Lisa sees that she's not gonna be well America's sweetheart and that like being friends with Heather like Heather is really the the breakout star of the season like so beloved Mm -hmm. Rihanna's DMing her that Um, was crazy that was crazy and so I think Lisa sees that she probably erred in that but that also Jen Shaw is a huge star from this season so she's gonna attach herself yes yeah Lisa's so like shallow and I can really like see through all of her decision making and how she just loves being a housewife and wants to be well liked and I think the comment that she made towards the end of the episode blaming Heather for the audience not liking her she's like the audience doesn't like me and sends me dms calling me and name calling is not correct but to blame Heather who you're arguing with on a show for people not liking you is so backwards. Like maybe people don't like you because everyone in the room is saying the exact same thing. Like you act like you're better like than everyone. And so if everyone came to this conclusion on their own, like maybe it is time. And I'm a person who's actually very similar to Lisa. Like I know sometimes people think I can be bitchy and like I'm very direct and loud. And, and I get that. And it definitely does get misconstrued sometime, sometimes. But if every single person I'm friends with has the same kind of feeling after interacting with me that I give off the vibe that I think I'm better than them and that like I, I, I talk down to them, like that's a terrible thing way to make someone feel. Yeah, that's And just I wish she would just like take that in more. Yeah, and just reflect on that. And I don't even know any of these women, but when I look at the show, what did I say here three weeks ago? I'm like, Lisa thinks she's too good for all these women. Yeah. So it's like her friends are coming to that assumption. The audience, like maybe it's time to just reflect inward and be like, why do I give off that vibe? Yeah. Like, you don't have to be so defensive all the time. Mm-hmm. It was just frustrating. And that, that whole thing of her blaming Heather was insane and backwards. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah. And to me, I feel like the clearest example of her thinking she was better than the other women was when she had that dinner on the mountain for, like, business yep. women in Salt Lake City. And, and didn't like, invite a single and one. And didn't invite her fellow business women on the show. And it's like, oh, no, you're not the kind of business woman yeah, that, that I, I want to w- support. And what I thought was most interesting was learning more about Jen Shaw's business. Cause yes. It se- because it seems like... Because we've been saying, like, an assistant ha- f- college football coach doesn't live this lifestyle. Balmain, Chanel, Versace, everything. Romanchin, chalet, party, party, party. It seems like she's the breadwinner in the family, which I thought was so interesting. And her company sounds like a like a legit tech business. Like, yes. it sounded really interesting. It I would love to know more. I, I agree. Maybe we'll get more next season. Like, maybe they'll say, oh, the viewers were interested in mm-hmm. this. Like, let's focus on this as your personal storyline. Because I totally agree. That was the vibe that I got, too. And I'm very much here for it and interested in learning more. Right. And it's like a super successful company. Like, she's not every day, you know, in meetings about it. But it's like, it's a self-sufficient company. I thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Heather is so clearly like the queen of the show. And I think her and Whitney, Whitney in the beginning I felt was a little weak. But I think that, like she's not a confrontational person, but the show kind of makes you into that type of person. And I think together they're an unstoppable duo. And I love that Meredith is like sitting on their side, even though like I don't think she's really on their side um but I just need her because like the three of them are my queens it also feels like there's some tension between Meredith and Lisa yes I do think we will unpack it in part two and three which is crazy and also a little sad they've been friends for 10 years and then like this show is one season 20 but but wow 
I guess it also like when the cameras go up, like you see people for who they really are. I don't know yeah. what happens between them, but that would make me a little bit sad, but yeah. better to know than to not know. I did have one problem with where Meredith was sitting due to her side part. I did feel like half the time I could only see her left eye and I wish she either moved the part to the other side so we could see like, like face hair as opposed to face hair when the camera's over there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like very emo, like, mom, I'm working on my art right now. Yeah, that's, that's true. I also didn't think that Meredith deserved third I thought the down. seating was bizarre. Yeah. Because it's, okay, so it's Andy in the middle, and then flanking is Heather and Jen. Perfect. Yeah. Then it was Lisa, or Mary, next Lisa to- Lisa and then Mary. Yeah. Lisa I think- should have been in the third seat, as should Mary, but I guess they wouldn't. No, wait, actually, it should have been, it should have been- Heather, he- Whitney, Mary. Yes, Heather, Whitney, Mary- Jen, Jen, Meredith, Lisa. Lisa. But you know what? I think the three of them have a lot of conflict and it would have been yeah. weird looking. I also think now that ever for the last couple of reuni- reunions, everyone's had to be six feet apart. Like it does change the typical template of housewife seating charts. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. I feel like Andy was having like the best time because it's like fresh women. He's been, he's used to doing reunions with people who've been on the show for 10 years. Like these women are fresh and they're feeling, they're not calculated at all. Like they're just saying what they feel because this is all so new to them. And I think Andy was like having the time of his life. Yeah, and I think that the show has been really well received and I think it's an exciting thing for him. And I I, I can imagine, even though it's so fabulous to us, I'm sure it gets mundane for him. And we 100%. even can sense it sometimes in like OC reunions. 12 hours days like just yeah. shooting so I think that it was like a reinvigoration yeah. of excitement and you know the biggest topic of conversation that came out of the reunion was Lisa Barlow's spray tan her oh hands God. were like so dark and patchy and honestly that's really unacceptable like as a housewife like yeah glam like has to be perfect perfect and she's usually on point very I actually love her dress me um, too the the when I saw the individual photos of what everyone was wearing, Same. I was like, what? Question Why? Mark. They're actually quite a fashionable bunch. Um, but they, they looked okay on the show. Just like, I don't know. Some, was, some so, of it was weird. Like, Heather's was bad. Heather's was bad. Whitney's Jen Shaw's is terrible. Whitney's dress was huge. <laughs> yeah, it was. But actually, Meredith looked fire. Lisa looked great. Mary, not my personal style, but I still respect it. I, and I like that she has her own personal style. And she didn't give in like when they were like, what is it, your green loofah dress? Like she was like, it's Versace. I like it. Not everyone can pull it off. You don't like it. You don't wear it. Like that's yeah. actually a re- really respectable response. response. No, I appreciate that. I hate when people like, you know. Clown are, on someone. No. Oh, hate that. But I also hate when someone is themselves and it's not well received. So they change who they are. So or they lame. change what they look like. And it's like, no, just have the courage to be who you are. Yeah, no, I definitely think I, I'm the former, but still. No, I'm sure, I, 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 mean, I think it's most hard. people are that, but I actually felt the opposite. I felt the same way about Lisa too. It was like, she saw how she came off on the show and considering she really wants to be on the show and be well, like she could have like at the reunion kissed Turned Heather's ass, but instead she kind of doubled down on who she is. And even though um, I have like some issues with her, I kind of respected that she stood up for herself. That's a really fair point. But I did really start, to warm up to her when she started crying about her kids. Not that I want her to cry, but it's like, finally, there's a human being behind this like perfect Mormon woman. Like, it was just, I, I don't think, first of all, I'd ever seen her cry thus yeah. far. And I think we've pretty much seen everyone cry or like be emotional. And that's what Andy was saying too. She was just like so stoic and like wanted to win every argument and be like jiffable and like memeable. And like she won the argument. And just to see her break down, not that I want to see her sad, but it's like, oh my God, there is a real human being behind this character. And everyone has been vulnerable. Like Heather's dad passing away, Jen's dad passing away, Meredith and her 
struggles with her husband. Mary opened up about how like it was really hard for her to marry her fucking step grandfather 20 years ago. Like Whitney and all the shit she's been through. Like everyone has been so honest except for Lisa. She's like my business. Like it was just like so vapid. Yeah. And it was nice to see her open up and, and I hope we see more like genuine sides of her, like more human sides of her. Like nobody cares that you're the most successful, the most, be like you don't have to be the most everything, just be a human being. Yeah, I agree with that. I also feel like there's a chance. Right now I'm like unsure of Lisa and in some moments I'm like, yeah, and in other moments I'm like, oh no, mm-hmm. oh no, 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 no. But I feel like she could be one of those people who it takes like a few seasons to fully Dorit. understand. Dorit, Cameron I- Westcott. Eileen Davidson. And like, once you're you understand her like maybe she's everything of the sort like I don't know but I I just I only feel that way because every time I there's a new episode I feel differently about her and I just feel like I'm learning more but I do I do think like we need to see more from her if she wants to get to that place that's all I'm saying and she has to open up more like she can't survive on housewives like just being like business 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 like that's not fun yeah open up what are you sad about what makes you happy lisa vanderpump what keeps you up at night like these are the things that make a great housewife vulnerability honesty transparency but it might just take time with her yeah. not everyone is just like oh ready it's to time, open up it's time to be open here i am like agreed and i think people can relate to that too i just right now i think you know she's didn't come off the best this season but i feel like there could be more to her yeah no I just found it really interesting that like Jen Chow was clear like the obvious villain this season but some, for some reason I'm feeling like the reunions are going in the direction of like everyone versus Lisa and I just want to know like why this Lisa Jen alliance yeah I feel like we will get to know more but I also don't think we got into the Jen stuff like from Vegas mm-hmm. and from Sharif's Bro, party we haven't gotten there yet so so who knows what's going on yeah and I did feel like the footage was really um doing Lisa dirty because she was like so judgmental to Whitney about dancing at Sharif's party when she full-on did the splits Whitney brought it up and they cut to a clip of a clip of her like that's what people mean when they say like you think you're better than everyone so like if Whitney dancing is trashy you doing it is fine yeah that's like hypocrisy the definition of hypocrisy yes so uh, the editors were just really uh, on one. I also feel like next season, like I don't need them to add any housewives and I don't need them to take any away. I could go for this group again. Get more, them getting more comfortable. I completely agree. Yeah. And it's also been over a year since they filmed this season. Like there's, I think there's a lot there. Yeah. I just, I really love Meredith. She didn't say one word this entire, her part isn't up yet. Like she has beef with Jen. Um, so her part isn't up yet, but she was super quiet. And I just find it interesting. Like she's not the typical housewife who I would like gravitate towards, but I just love her. Yeah, me too. No, I think she's she's playing it well so far. It's like I'm not gonna speak unless spoken to, spoken to, which very mature. Yeah, there's it's a long day. It's a long day, but those chairs actually do look comfortable. Like of all the chairs, oh, this set they was made, also really cute. But loved like, the a, fake fireplace in the middle. Yes, but it was like a little like too um, too much. Lodgy. Like they could have dialed it back a little bit. Oh, with all I actually the, like, really loved it. The, it was like a lot of like grandma's house it I liked it I thought it was like no I love the furs I love the fake snow but if you looked in the background there was like so much going on oh I didn't I didn't look there was so much going on it looked like crazy I thought it was a great opening uh, reunion me too I'm I'm glad that it's three parts which means that it's juicy yeah and that means they respect Salt Lake City Salt Lake City the the executives over at Bravo Mm mm-hmm now, speaking of housewives, I'm really excited for our interview coming up. If you're watching on YouTube, again, it's only available as a podcast because she joined us from Dallas. Jen Davis from The Real Housewives of Dallas is taking us on her journey with her. She's, you can tell she's kind of nervous in the beginning because it's like kind of a big thing she went through and part of the reason why she was hired as a housewife but had to step back. And I think you'll just really appreciate her honesty and I encourage everyone to go into it with an open mind because it was very cool. It was very cool. Of her. 
And with that, we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's episode is podcast only. And don't forget to watch Little because we'll be recapping it, our Toast Movie of the Week. Yes, don't forget Little, available to stream on HBO Max. Recap coming at you in tomorrow's podcast only episode. Bye. See you then. Bye. We are so excited to be back on The Morning Toast with a very special guest from The Real Housewives of Dallas. We just found out not only is she a fellow redhead, but she's also a fellow toaster, Miss Jen Davis. Hello. Thank you, girls. I am. Thank you for having this non-millennial redheaded toaster on your hot show because I feel like the old lady that like is into the young, but I'm like, I'm obsessed with your show. Oh my God, that's so nice. That so nice to you. We're so <laughs> excited to have you. Yes, on the we toast. have a lot of questions for you because there has been um so you're you're on the show a lot and it kind of the vibe, you know, we are housewives experts and the vibe that we kind of get is that you're at each event and it seems like almost you were cast as a housewife or something something feels confusing about your presence on the show because it's so much, but we also don't get any background on you. So can you tell us a little bit about like where you're at with that? Absolutely. I, um, I had some personal issues going on in my family and my nuclear family that I didn't want the public eye to see. And so, uh, I was grateful to film as much as I did and, and to be friend of this year. Um, and so, you know, that's what I can say is that, you know, grateful for that, that Bravo stuck by me through the, through the, you know, the transition and yeah. So, yeah. And, and have you seen, there are, you know, pretty, and I'm sure it's difficult for you too, cause it's so personal, but there are so many like crazy rumors being spread on, um, Reddit and other types of platforms like that. And I'm not sure if, if you read any of that stuff, but what are your thoughts on that? Don't read them because someone told me once, yeah, don't, don't get it. Like don't re- go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, what does it say? Because I don't know, maybe I can answer your question. Well, what I'll, I'll be very upfront. What I saw, which I'm like, this is so crazy <laughs> was that like, there was footage of you threatening to kill your husband. So you, um, so you pulled out or something. There was also saying that there was footage of like, you know, crazy drug den at your house. Everyone was like doing drugs. And so Bravo thought it best to not include. That's what I read. Right. Right. Oh, well, it's funny how rumors get started. Well, there was stuff going on in our home, uh, where my other half, you know, he went to rehab and, you know, everything just culminated while we were shooting. And I'm very proud of him for, for going to rehab and working on himself and, you know, uh, because it's his disease, you know? Yeah. And so I'm very proud of him, of of what happened and the, you know, so we're co-parenting nicely and, uh, and, and things are moving forward and I, the house is for sale and, Oh, things just uh, happened in a way that didn't uh, surprised me. And uh, but it's okay, You know, I'm very grateful that the show was filming at the time. It was a wonderful distraction. Yes. It was very empowering. And I was very grateful for it. I mean, sometimes you get in situations where you want to make something work. So don't have the courage to leave. And I had the courage to to be a single mom. So I'm grateful for, for the experience. That's great. Timing well, that's, is everything. Timing is everything. And I think that, 
I think it's a great outlook for you to be grateful for the show as being there for some sort of distraction, whereas I think some people might think of it as like an additional burden. I did not think of it as a burden at all. I thought of it as sort of an angel, like reason, season, lifetime. If it only came in for this one period of my life to get me through that and give me the courage to stand on my own and 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 walk, you know, walk away, then then that was enough. I don't I don't participate in that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, that that it was happening. Wow. Well, I, I honestly, I think it's very cool of you for being, you know, so open and upfront about it. Cause like we said, people, you know, take a, a nugget of truth and turn it into like a big, you know, Reddit thread and, and all that. So I think it's very cool of you to be so upfront about it. And I'm curious, like if, you know, now that things have settled and like you said, you guys are co-parenting and he's been to rehab, if being, you know, a full-time cast member on the show is something you'd be interested in. I would definitely be interested in that. I would love to do that. You know, I would, it would be an honor so, yeah, I think you would probably be great at it because you're being so transparent with probably something that's been very painful and dark for you. And I think a lot of times what gets frustrating for us as viewers is like when you know someone is hiding something on Housewives, which you really can't do, but you you're, you know, not a full time cast member yet. And you're out here just like telling your truth. Right. Well, I mean, everyone struggles. Like it's like the human condition and to try and lie about it or say, look, I've struggled with, I I was dependent on alcohol for a really long time and I've been sober 10 years. I just can't drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so being real and being open, I think is, is what it's the only way to be and authentic is because when you go through something, the reason you go through something is to help other people. I mean, that, in my opinion, that gives yeah, it worth. Definitely. Yeah. That's such a great way to look at it. Well, we see you a lot on this season of the show, but we don't know that much about you. We didn't get, we weren't privy to your personal Background. scene. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How do you know Cam? Like, what was your time like on the show? What did you think of Tiffany's pizza party? Was yeah. it as painful to watch as it was to be there? It, it was. Let me back up a little bit. So I know Cameron Westcott. Her husband and I went to middle school and high school together. Oh, wow. And we live in a tight-knit community. And so I've known her since she walked on the scene and he got twinkles in his eyes, literally. Um, (laughs) And, um, and just know her and her family. And, and, and so I know her through her husband, we were high school friends. And then, uh, so the, okay. At the cricket pizza party, it was so hot out y'all. I had my hair up and I was like, there was like this oven baking pizza and it was so hot. There is one part I'm watching it and I go, and it was right after she talked about pizza and I like swallowed like you do right before you throw up. And I, I told the crew afterwards, I I was like, I almost threw up. It wasn't that it was the heat and the, this everything, but I almost barfed strangely enough, I felt better after I ate, even like, it was the weirdest thing. She was like, Hey y'all, there's crickets in the pizza. And I looked to the right and it was like (laughs) one of those cartoons, like where you don't see it. And then you look back and like, they're all looking at you. It was the weirdest (laughs) thing. And we were so grossed out. And I had this like film in my mouth, like a slick. It's like that, like after you eat bologna, (laughs) it's a sprinkle. It's a, it's a, and that was in my mouth, but I suddenly, after I ate, I think I had blo- low blood sugar because I didn't feel like barfing anymore, but Brandy did. Right. But it was intense. Yeah. Like we were like, don't, you can't do that. It wasn't the best, funnest party, but she's trying, no. she was trying. Yeah, she was trying a for effort. And I didn't really think of in all the, in addition to all the elements of torture, the heat and the oven radiating the heat <laughs> and the Dallas heat. Like I never even thought of that. 
Oh, I did. Cause I almost <laughs> bought, I was like looking for a place I could throw up and I was like, and like, and it's just, and then I was so stressed. That was a time in the filming where, you know, it was just a lot was going on at the house that I was like, what is this? Like, yeah. and I, yeah, the heat. And I'm so glad I didn't barf on camera, but Brandy <laughs> made it look really elegant. Yeah, no, she was really, really cute. But now that you are filming with the ladies, who have you made the best friendships with in the group that we obviously don't get to see, but who um, are you close with? I'm close to Carrie Brittingham. She was a pie fi at SMU with my sister. And so there's like a, a big sister feel with her. And I'm close to Cameron. And those are my two, like my two buddies. Oh. I have a question for you and feel free not to answer, but just about your sobriety, because, you know, we've been talking a lot about um, in the last year, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, you know, was openly, you know, trying to get sober while on the show. And I know it's something that's really difficult to struggle with. And Housewives isn't always like the best, most healthy environment, seeing as how a lot of the women drink a lot. And I'm curious if, you know, you're 10 years into your sobriety. Did you find it difficult at all with the women? You know, Carrie Brinningham loves tequila. Everyone loves to drink, going to the winery. Well, I made it really clear early on. I don't drink alcohol. It doesn't work for me. It's not fun for me. I'll black out, act like a fool. And it's just, I just don't do that. And so early on, everyone got on board with what I do. And that's like Odul's kombucha water. And they made sure that it was always readily available. A lot of people look at these shows and they think, oh, uh, they pump the girls full of alcohol. They pump the girls full of whatever you want. They right. get, they, like you, you use your voice and they give you what you want. If someone's drunk on the show, it's because they want to be drunk. If someone's not right. drunk on the show, it's because they don't want to be drunk. I mean, they give you exactly what you want. So I spoke up and I never had one situation where kombucha or Odul's wasn't, wasn't provided for me. It's very kind. That, that is, is nice. That is nice to hear. It is. It was frustrating a few times um, because, you know, as people are drinking, they go into like a different dimension and they're kind of speaking the same language and you lose time a little bit when you're drinking, like yeah. two hours seems like a minute. And so yeah. they would sometimes bond and go out afterwards. And like, I was done with work. I was a single mom at the time. And so I would go home. So there was that little piece, but it, it wasn't so bad that I felt completely disconnected. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think it's more of a conversation that's being had now within the Housewives universe because there are a few. Lala, uh, Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules is sober, James. And so now it's becoming a more common thing, and I think it's great, and I think it's really cool of you to be so open with your story of sobriety and your journey with your husband. And I just, I think you're awesome. Me too. I hope we get to see more of you on the show. Yeah. Fingers crossed, and, and, and you know, more will be revealed. So keep watching. Yes. And thank you all so much, Jackie and Claudia. Thank you. I just, I'm so honored to be on The Morning Toast with y'all you are so sweet Thank you keep you. killing you it keep we killing will it. definitely see you i have a feeling next season as a full-time housewife would love to know more about you and your kid like i would just love to see it all oh we're at we're a two-ring circus and stay tuned every <laughs> tuesday 9 8 central on bravo real housewives of dallas yes. yes thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you tomorrow bye bye